Welcome to the Pixel Paper Podcast, a series where we get to know the creative processes behind up-and-coming digital artists. My name is Noor, graphic designer and work-in-progress artist, and I'll be your host for this series. From dragons to dramatic landscapes, today's digital artist, Ekaterina, takes us on her journey through her mythical worlds born out of her childhood fantasies. She tells us about her fantasy inspirations and gives advice on how she breaks the ice with her drawings, as well as how we can make our artwork more fantastical. Today's episode is an email interview, read and commentated on by yours truly. So sit back, get comfy, and enjoy. All right, let's get started. This is the second time, maybe even the third time that I'm recording this because this is the first podcast that I'm doing by myself. So I'm basically reading the email interview and I realized how awkward it is, (laughs) or at least it's awkward if I don't have enough energy. So I'm trying to put in a bit more energy in order to do justice to our guest who we will be virtually meeting today. And today's guest is Ekaterina. She is a digital artist all the way from Ukraine. And the reason I wanted to interview her was because I really liked her fantasy style work. I think her colors, the concepts and just everything. It's so bold and bright and just super cool. And so I was really excited to be able to get her on this podcast. I told her, I was like, you have a really strong visual identity, so could you tell us a bit more about your artwork? And she says that she is a really big fan of fantasy worlds ever since she was a child, whether it's books, whether it's movies, and even video games, of which she will inform us of a bit later on. She always wanted to live in some kind of fantasy world, so I guess this is basically her way of fulfilling her childhood dream. And She drew a lot of magic things and characters as a child, so I guess this helped her in her artwork later on. I think that's really cool because I feel like for a lot of people even, when I'm going through Instagram, I see that a lot of artists are inspired by their childhood and their memories as a child and and what they used to like as a child. So I think art is kind of like a way for us to relive our childhood because those were were good times, I suppose. (laughs) Ekaterina has a really strong focus on backgrounds, which is something that I'm also really interested in. So I asked her, how did she develop her style to get where it is now? To which she said that she's really surprised when someone says that she has a style, uh, which I think is, again, a very common, not problem, but a, a common kind of mindset amongst artists, because we tend to think that We don't see the good in our work. I think we're always very critical of our own work, and so we don't see that there are similarities between them. Or maybe I'm just speaking on behalf of myself. Maybe I shouldn't speak on behalf of other artists. (laughs) At least I'm speaking for myself when I say that I don't think I have an aesthetic. So I can relate to her when she says that. With regards to her backgrounds, she doesn't have a lot of free time. So she normally speed paints uh, around four to five times a week. And even though not all drawings are successful, she says it's still good practice, which I think is a very important learning lesson for me because I am definitely one of those people who kind of falls into the trap of thinking that, you know, all artists produce good work all the time because that's what they're posting on their Instagram. You know, social media is a very good facade and it really allows us to think that, look, these artists are being productive and you're not because 90% of the artwork that I make, I really hate and I don't post it. But her answer kind of made me realize, hey, it's completely normal to have quote-unquote bad art days as long as you're doing it consistently, right? I obviously stalked 
Ekaterina in order to do research for this podcast. And I noticed that her previous Instagram posts were a lot less bold in colour choices. The work she does now is really strong, really vibrant. And so I asked her how she chooses her colour palettes because that's something that I'm really interested in because I feel like I could really push myself when it comes to my artwork. She says that she often looks at references such as photos, other artists' work, movies and video games, and then she analyzes the colors that have been used. Again, I think a very good learning point for me. The best advice she can give is that warm colors are used for light and cool colors are used for shadows. I think that's a very basic principle, but sometimes we may forget it. And she says that since she is a digital artist, she can very easily change colors in Photoshop, like adding saturation and brightness and choosing what's best. Again, I think that's a really good advantage that digital artists have is that we have the levels or the curves or you know all kinds of digital tools which we can manipulate in order to create different atmospheres and different types of colors uh, within our artwork. Of course having a lot of tools is not necessarily a good thing either but I think that it can be used in a way that can be used for good. So Ekaterina's work is really strong conceptually and so I asked her what inspires her work and more importantly how does she use that inspiration in her work because I think it's all well and good to keep a Pinterest folder but how you use that Pinterest folder is a lot more interesting to me. She says that she was inspired by books and video games which she did mention earlier and she gives some examples of video games that she's inspired by such as The Elder of Scrolls, The Witcher and Dragon Age. Maybe some of you know what she's talking about because I don't. Maybe I should. I should have probably researched those. Whoops. Nonetheless, (laughs) she's also inspired by other artists. Uh, She looks at their drawings and she thinks how can this be done? Like colors, compositions, ideas, and lighting. All of those things can inspire her. I think it's really, you know, it's good to look at other artists' work and and analyze their work. That's something that perhaps I miss out on. Um, Like I'll look at the work, but then I won't necessarily think, how do they do it? More often than not, I'll just think, why can't I do that? (laughs) So maybe, maybe it's time that I start actually sitting down and analyzing their work. Because her work is so fantasy art inspired, wait, does that make sense? Because her work is more in the fantasy art genre, that's more like it, I asked her if real life ever inspires her work. And she says that, you know, everything that is from the fantasy world has a lot of small details from the real world. For example, an ordinary stone can become magical if you add some blue sparks or runes to it. Any old abandoned ruins could become a magic castle on a hill. And she says that you can find a lot of photos with interesting architecture and take inspiration from it. For example, if you see a photo with a sunset and clouds, you can try to redraw it, you can add some kind of dragon silhouette, and you can make it look completely different and unique. She says that the real world in drawing can be made into fantasy by adding some interesting details. Creating something new from familiar things is a very interesting process. I think that's really cool, actually, because... As an as someone who started out as an urban sketcher, and for those of you who don't know, urban sketcher is someone who goes out into location and sketches what they see. I guess I don't really use my conceptual thinking brain when it comes to art. Like I'm always very literal. So it's really nice to be able to hear the thoughts of a fantasy artist because I think you can really push your imagination and you need to be really imaginative when it comes to this kind of artwork. You know, you need to have the kind of brain that knows what kind of details to put in and, and yeah, I think that's just something that's that's really cool about fantasy art. You can start off with a literal photo, like, I don't know, like a, a like she mentioned, the sunset and clouds, and then you can start adding in 
cool details to make it unique and make it interesting. Because she's a freelancer and she works in this industry, I asked her what making art means to her. And she said that she's very glad that she works in this field. And even if she's tired, she always tries to keep drawing for herself in order to keep herself in, good, in a good shape. And she says that she doesn't give up drawing for a long period, even though she has tired eyes and back pain, <laughs> which is something that I think all digital artists experience. How does she face the fear of a blank page? And what helps her to get started on a piece of art? And she surprised me with her answer because she said that, to be honest, she doesn't have that fear. And it's probably because she's a digital artist because she can always delete a layer in Photoshop, which means that she's not afraid to experiment and make mistakes, which is something that I should probably learn from her because I'm absolutely terrified of making mistakes even though I know that I have an undo button and I also think deleting layers is something which I'm really hesitant to do because it means that I have to start from scratch all over again you know you're kind of when you delete pages you're going back to the blank canvas which was what I was scared of in the first place but anyway she says that if she doesn't know what to draw she searches for interesting pictures and she has a lot of saved drawings and photos that you know she can use as inspiration and she says just start with something easy and small like a flower or a mountain or whatever it is that you're drawing you know take something from that scene and kind of break it down so that at least you have something on the page which you can then build on and i think that's actually a pretty good technique because as i mentioned before i'm an urban sketcher and that when you are urban sketching you obviously, you can't draw the entire scene in front of you all at once. You have to start somewhere. You have to start with something small and doable and then you start building on top of that. And you use that small thing as, as the measurement by which you kind of scale everything else. So for example, you have a boat or something and then however big that boat is, you kind of see, adjust the measurement. Anyway, I'm going off topic. Let's get back to Ekaterina. My final question that I asked Ekaterina is a question that I'm asking to all the digital artists that I'm interviewing, and that is, remember a time you were stuck in a deep creative rut? How did you break free? Now, the reason I'm asking this question, just for some background, is because I decided to start this podcast in a time when I was stuck creatively. So I basically just wanted to get answers for myself. So Ekaterina says that Instagram actually helps her a lot because even though she doesn't have a lot of followers, she's glad that they support her. So she often wants to draw because she has someone to show her drawings to. And I think that's really relevant and important because I feel the exact same way about my Instagram followers. She says, I made an art account on Instagram one and a half years ago, but I wish that I had started about three years ago. Because initially she thought that drawing was not interesting to anyone, but how wrong she was. <laughs> she tries to publish drawings two to three times a week, which means that she knows she needs to make at least two drawings a week. Which again, I think is, it's nice to have that kind of consistency and maybe a, a consistent output. You know, knowing that you have to do a certain amount of drawings a week means that you'll make time aside for that. She says that even if she does face a deep creative rut in the future, she thinks it's it's just a sign that you need a little break from drawing and you can switch to something else. She says, sometimes it's useful to allow yourself to do something completely useless, but pleasant for yourself. With that, it concludes Ekaterina's interview. I'm very, very grateful to her for answering the questions. Thank you so much, Ekaterina. And you can check out her Instagram and her portfolio on ArtStation, both of which will be linked in the description wherever that's gonna be. And I'll see you guys next time!
I hope you enjoyed that episode and didn't find it too boring listening to me talk. I hope you also learned something from this episode. So with that, that is the end of episode two of the Pixel Paper podcast. And I'll see you next week for another great interview.